Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Seaman, with my homie, Aaron Fennell, over here. Each month, we track the equipment trends of the market and help you make better decisions with the information that we're giving you. So on today's podcast, we are going to talk about the sprayer market, what we see happen out there, and also sprinkle in what's going on with the uh, potential downstream effects of, uh, I guess, technology uh, technology and upgrade kits. So looking forward to jumping into that. So Aaron, how you doing, bud? Good. Terrific. Awesome, man. Awesome. It is, uh, we have two, two winters in Nebraska and the panel in Nebraska and we have two springs and we're, we're uh first spring right now. So right. still waiting for that second winter to come around, which is, I think it's knocking on the door here. First spring has been so beautiful. It's been nice. How that second winter is going to be oh, really bad. Everybody make sure bad. you're up to date on zoom because <laughs> that's what exactly. you'll be using. That'd be exactly right. So March, please be nice. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I think the biggest thing we want to talk about today, we said, you know, is going to be sprayers. And we're going to look at what's going on there and how that's playing out and what that looks like. Sprayer market here, we're headed into, um, you know, uh, first burn down, um, first pass burn down and those kind of things going into uh, we top, top, dress. and top dressing and those kind of things. So sprayers are on top of mine. I think from my perspective, as I look at kind of a historical perspective of where sprayers are right now, if you go back and look at where sprayers ended, um, going into COVID and coming out of COVID to me, sprayers were like the one thing that never really changed that much as far as the overall volume of machines, right? It started out, of course they kind of had to run down a little bit, but they didn't really, they kind of just bounced along and there wasn't a big like tractors or combine or something like that, especially tractors where there was, you know, two thirds of the, of the entire machine population got taken off the market. Right. The used sprayer market just didn't seem like it was that way. Even with the delays that we saw coming in and out of uh, from the factories, which I think that's probably why a lot of the inventory didn't move because right. so much of that stuff came in there. But if you look at sprayers and where they've been at over the, the past probably five years, sprayers have always been – I've always felt like they've been on the short side of supply. They're – I wouldn't say – Not dramatically short, but short. No. The the problem with sprayers is this, just like we have talked previously, it it's like the four wheel drive market. Right. There's no medium, right? It's hammer down or yeah. can't give them away. Right. Sprayers are like that, but not so much. You can have it's it's by model, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. by frame size. Yep. You know, I would say right now the the big frames, which typically are the softer rigs, if you had to pick one of the two, the big ones are usually a softer market. Right. They're the hot one right now compared to the midsize and smaller, which is. It's kind of backwards. Yeah. 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 It's a different thing. But at the same time, so, so that. Because you have the different, you know, it's fickle model to model. I think that has an impact on keeping it steady, if you will. Yeah. Plus, we have never had the the ramp up in numbers of, you know, they they weren't as big of a participator in eight to thirteen as combines and tractors and twenty four planters. Right. But when stuff stops. They're more apt to keep selling, right? Necessary evil, if you will. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors in what keeps that a more even number across the board. You right. know, we don't have the peaks and valleys and all that kind of stuff. 
as much. I would say if you really dialed into it by frame size, you'd probably see a, some wild activity. Yeah, but probably true. I mean, you're you're really really drilling into some data at that point, and it's less of a market overscape. <laughs> market overscape. <laughs> I, like that. I don't know if that's even a word, but I it sounds good. Um, I think when you're looking at where where the uh, spread market's headed right now, I think there's probably a little more demand out there for that one, two, and three year old machine. We're talking that. That 250 hour to, to 500 hour machine, right? Probably more than what we've seen in the past. Two reasons: one, obviously the price of equipment, right? That's that's you know, we beat that drum to death. But right. the other side of it too is it kind of you're 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 looking at where those things are lying at with um with interest rates. And I was on Ag of America uh, the other day talking with uh, with Jesse Allen, and we were talking about interest rates and. I think the one thing that we're seeing right now, and I think we're starting to kind of see this kind of bleed over and into spurs yet. I think we're getting close to that. I haven't seen the, the big advertisements yet to show this, but the amount of low interest that's out there on used equipment out there right now. I mean, there's there's a lot of folks that are doing like you'll see 2.9% or 3.9% or 4.9%. Right. There's some 0% out there that you see popping there's, up. There is a <clears> substantial <throat> amount of dealer-level programs out there yeah. all over. Yep, and I think, I think we're seeing – we're going to start seeing where guys are just blanket across the levels of equipment that we're going to see those interest rates start to play a fact. And I do believe that we're going to see that on sprayers as we move into this, oh, to yeah. this spring. Because right now, if you're looking at if you're looking at buying a sprayer right now, or if you're in a dealership that's got sprayers sitting out there, like this is kind of your window to sell a sprayer. Between right. now and May, right? That's your window to sell a sprayer. Typically. And then you'll wait, and then it's at the end of the season. You know, you're talking September, August, or August, September, October timeframe when that fires back up and starts growing right, again. So, right. And then that kind of creeps up to about, it always feels like that first of the year, like December, January, February is kind of the, the peak selling cycle for um, for sprayers. Yeah, if if not January, February, March, yeah. it, it kind of depends. We, you know, and we're, we're located within the high plains, the top dress is always yeah. job number one. Right. Well, the High Plains is kind of a market, top to bottom also. And as much as combines go from Texas to North Dakota and back, on trucks or on farms, right? <laughs> all equipment kind of does. You know, we're the ones who use the air seeders. We're the ones who use the rigid drapers. We're the one, you know, we got combines that are wheat capable, all that kind of stuff. That plays into the sprayer market too, and you get earlier action in it, right? Then maybe corn soybean Ohio, right? You know, or corn soybean Minnesota, mm-hmm. where where you're way north. So I feel like that is that's kind of the that's what seems like February right now. Really, really kind of fires it off, and this has been a pretty active sprayer week. So yep. And that's what you would expect to see. And it's all big units. Yeah. So, yeah. which, especially for top dress world, sure. hell, that's what you want. Sure. And I think there's a lot of things, too. What you're seeing, too, another thing I think it's driving the spray marketplace that I think is kind of an outlier that, that may or may not be getting the attention that it should be getting. I don't think it's getting the attention that it should be getting. But the, the number of these uh, co-ops, ASPs, whatever you want to call them, that are trying to find the third-party guide to – contract out to to spray um to spray acres for so instead of of the co-op owner the machine they go with you know you know 
you know, Jim over here and he's got a sprayer and they contract 5,000 acres with him and he can go out and spray that. A lot of those guys are larger operators that are trying to make sure their machine stays busy so they can, right. they can justify, you know, well, get and, some revenue to offset, offset we see happen. And, and that, and it works. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're a smaller ASP or an outlying branch, you know, there's, that's getting to be more common because whether you're the producer, the dealer, <laughs> or the agronomy center, it's an expensive item. And it's got to keep moving. And labor. Yeah. Up too. Exactly. I mean, you have labor that can operate. It. Right. Labor that can there's operate. a lot of stuff going on in there with you got a, tech. Got a lot of things happening. Very tech sure. heavy. And I think that's the uh, that's another driving factor, too, when I look at that marketplace, too, is why maybe some of these, like you're talking about, those one, two-year-old bigger machines are being more popular now because there's I can now afford to get this machine, spray my acres, and I can pick up right a few more acres or whatever that is to go spray and, and offset that cost a little bit. Right. So yep. you're seeing that happen, too. So that's another outlier, I think, that's that we're going to see become more developmental. I mean, if you talk about the CHSs, the Helenas, the Nutrients, all those guys like that that are the big, huge guys, they're they're having the same conversation. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's the, uh, it used to be like the the custom spray guy was, you know, going around the neighborhood trying to figure out what he's going to go yeah. spray. And it's that's morphed into something bigger now because, again, it goes back to labor and cost and all these different things. And just like everybody else, they want to have less of you know, do less with more, right. do more with less, sorry, and, uh, and keep fixed that cost. fixed cost and those kind of things too. So it's a, that's a bigger part of the market that I think we're driving there too. So there's opportunities out there that I think are going to present themselves that we don't see right now that aren't traditional. Past, that's that's very you know, true. We're, we're just in a market given, given the price of everything in the world. A, yep. a simple, for instance, a simple livestock syringe at the farm supply store is $23 higher now than it was a year ago. That's quite a bit. That is a big percentage, man. Yeah. That's a fair amount. It's like a 50% jump because it was like 55 bucks. So yeah. that's, quite, it's a, that's, that's a, a big deal. That's a fair amount. So uh, that's, just a, that's just a stupid reference, but everything like that. has jumped, yeah. jump, 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 jump. So... Between that having such an impact, then you couple on the interest rates we're in. We're just in a market that it doesn't matter if you're talking seed, you know, dry fertilizer, any any input there is, right. all the way to a million dollar combine with all the heads and everything. We're just in a market where it doesn't matter who you are, if you are any participant in it, it's it takes a lot of creativity to move forward. Right. That's for sure. Without, I mean, that sounds kind of, I don't mean that to sound gloom and doom. It presents a hell of a lot of opportunities at the same time. Oh, you got to think outside. Things are different, you know I mean? And it's, and I don't mean the big, you know, the big swallow and the littles, whether that's producers, providers, dealers, whatever. Oftentimes it's markets like this where, a little can grow. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yep. And Big bigs get getting a pinch and they're strapped out and oh, well, I didn't expect this to come up. Here we go. Yep. Little grows a little bit. Little grows a little bit more. And then now the little's a middle. Yeah. Yep. I think there's there's so many things coming. 
this carbon credit thing that they that they keep talking about yes. and, and how that works and being able to track that and show what your footprint looks like and you're going to get a premium and these kind of things. I mean, that stuff, that's a whole other conversation. But again, that affects the sprayer market because Correct. if you start going to more, even more no-till than what's out there and more um, cover crops and those kind of things, your, cough, your sprayer needs to go up. And um, that's going to be a whole nother thing when it comes to the spray market. And with resistance, you have more trips and different applications. And yep. Yep. So you have a whole, goes on and on. a whole new layer of things that come into play. Um, so and, and to add another layer to that, let's, you know, let's talk about the upgrade kit side of this thing. You know, so if you look at the upgrade kits that are available out there right now on the deer side, for example, you can, you can basically build a brand new sprayer out of upgrade kits. You can put, Scene spray on there. You can put the reclaim system, right. the air boom system. You can do all those things and put on there. They call it a premium, if I remember right. Um, scene spray premium. The difference between the premium and the ultimate basically is, I believe if I'm correct, that the ultimate has the dual commodity tank. So you can put two different liquids in it. But other than that, I think that's the, really the biggest I believe thing. so, yeah. Yeah. So then, so you put that together and what that looks like. Tech, so, tech savvy as I am. Yeah. <laughs> So as you look at that now, so that adds a whole nother level to what's happened to the spray market in five years. You know, Agco's coming out with their um, their system um, and what that looks like. That's going to be very similar to what Scene Spray looks like now. Um, I'm it's not out yet, so there's not an upgrade kit obviously for that. But there's some other companies out there that have those upgrade kits to where you can with the camera systems and those kind of things that are that are uh, like a kind of like what precision was to planners, you know, kind of what and, and right. what that looks like. So now you start having that conversation of, as you take a look at the sprayer market, um, like right now, for example, I think the deer system goes back to, I think 2018, I think is what you can update to. If yeah, I know, right? It's got to have exact apply. But even the, but the crazy thing about that is you have to go back and do the research on this. If your sprayer is not, doesn't have exact apply on it and you want to put the scene spray system on it, you can get the upgrade kit for the exact apply system to put on, your machine, and then you can open the door up to everything else too. Right. Comes into play. So, so I guess I've had this, uh, you know, like this opening of Pandora's box, right? So we're opening up something here that we don't know what's going to happen when we, we do this, right? Correct. So as we're sitting there having the conversation and looking at what's going on, um, as you look at a use as a used sprayer right now, at what point in time does used equipment become a? There's a hard line. This is worth something different than this is worth because of what it's upgradable to. And that's, I keep thinking about that almost like a playing obsolescence isn't the right word, but it's, it's something along those lines. Like the horse and the tractor, something like that. Yeah. But like, we have like the idea of uh, like, here's a good example would be, I have a, I've used tractor or a used sprayer on my market on my lot right now. And I'm looking at it as two different, two completely different machines. The chassis has a stock number, and the liquid system has a has a stock number, right? And and this is say that the chassis is a two year old chassis, and the liquid system is a five year old system, right? So every every year year you're going with like the the skid idea, pretty much. But the, where that where I'm going with that is. Somebody buys the two-year-old chassis. A world of equipment on rails. You just slide things in and could swap be. out. And- it could be, but my, my theory is that the guy that buys the two-year-old chassis and then goes buys a brand-new liquid system and puts on it. Because yeah. now this chassis has got a five-year lifespan, whatever you want to call it. 
to uh, to run the sprayer system that's on there now. Somebody else has got a 10-year-old chassis, and they go buy this five-year-old liquid system and, and update the 15-year-old liquid system. That sounds that like got. a mess. It is. It's a real that, big mess. That is a, that is a yeah. mess is all I hear. So, I mean, and it, it's something I thought about quite a bit because if you start taking a look at those machines and what's what's where are you at and what generation and what how or what are you upgrading to and all those things, that's going to start playing an effect on the used equipment marketplace in a different, again, a different fashion than what we than what we even could think about right now. It's not oh, like well. the precision plant stuff. No, but that's that's a good that's a good reference because. There's there's two things in that. How is adoptability gonna be? Right. And what's the value side of it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Adaptability on planner upgrades is nonstop. <laughs> sure. Right. And people can't yeah. get enough. Yep. What's the value side of it? Not a lot when you get rid of it because that's your planner. I mean there are certain things. Right. There but are I think, certain things. I think the difference between what we see now with planner, well, we're getting off the subject here, but what I but think- I as, as far as the so what I'm getting at is to your your point where you got a two year old wet system and a five year old machine, as as I value that, I'm gonna lean toward that being a five-year-old machine more than a two-year-old machine because the expensive part for me is five years old. So that would be my point to that. But like the, like the upgradable planners and stuff, oh, well, this thing, you know, it's a 15, but it was fully reborn precision in 22. Right. So it's got two seasons on it. But at the same time, it's a 15. It's it's very hard to get the buyers to get over that oldest possible number they can relate it with. You know what I mean? Your your five and two sprayer. I mean, the the market will change, perception will change, buying habits will change, all that. Right. But I'm talking like now, as it starts, that's gonna be a big hill to climb to get the buyer market thinking that way it makes sense to you. But also, yeah, I'm not sure what you're saying, but I also think from the manufacturer's perspective, there's going to be some, some forced adaptive. Right. 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 And I think more so than we see like right now. I'm if like, if you, you know. have the option, yeah, their adaptability will be pretty, pretty limited. Right. So as you look at that though, that's, I think that's the wild card as we look at a lot of the stuff coming down the pike, whether, I mean, it's not just, we're just talking about sprayers today, but if we start talking about the grand scheme of all of these equipment, that's going to play a big factor in all of it. The only thing I worry about with the upgrade thing is we end up with a whole bunch of Johnny cash Cadillacs all over. That's right. Yeah. You know how long it took me to. What year's your sprayer? Well, it's a 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Yeah, that will be, uh, uh, but I'm afraid we're going to see some of that as we move through this. So I think long story short is right now, I don't, I think, I think the sprayer market's been as healthy as it ever, ever has been, all things considered. Yeah. You know, right. It's, it's probably, it's not the, uh, 
know, 2009. It's got, it's got its pockets. Yeah. It's got its holes. And I think that uh, the spray market is one of those things where moving down the road, the changes that we're going to see are going to be more, they're going to be more impactful than I think other changes we've seen other platforms. Yeah. Just because of how they function and what you can do to them. Right. Right. All right, last thought. Let's talk about the auction market real quick. You watch the auction market right now, you don't see a lot of sprayers get out there right now going through auction. You see a few here and there that kind of pop up, but it's not an overwhelming amount. Because, no. You know, quite frankly, there's not an overwhelming amount out there, right? Right. Um, if you look at where that's that's going, where that's heading, a guy told me the other day, it made a lot of sense, you know, the combine market lives and dies on the, on the combine, right? So if the combines are, are – going through hell, then they kind of, everything else kind of goes through hell with them, but just at varying levels of hell, right? Right. Right. So as you're watching those things kind of bop along, sprayers to me are kind of insulated from all that, it feels like, because there's just not the numbers of them out there. Right. Well, if, yeah. If you want a sprayer, I mean, there's not that many to pick from. There's a few thousand of them on the market, like like less than 2,500 or something like that, I think, on Correct. the market right now. So it's not like there's a big, and that's everything from a, a big G all the way through a, or big G. I'm not talking this right now. <laughs> that's from a, that's from an old three wheel yeah. spray coupe with yeah. a Volkswagen to a to a six sixteen R. Right there, you go. So that's everything in between. So I, I think as you as you watch that come around and, and things move move in that certain direction, I don't foresee a big push in the auction market in 24. Um, where there's an issue there. Maybe 25, there could be some going into 25. There could be some bumps in the road that could cause some stuff just because maybe there's more machines get delivered in 24 than kind of like we saw tractors and combines where maybe some of these, these sprayers that stacking have, up, they're stacking up that just get delivered all at one time kind of a thing. But it doesn't feel like EO, like the EOPs where you're talking case, Agco or deer, like they, they, just, they weren't there. It didn't feel like, and I could be off on that, but it just if, to me, it just didn't feel like the numbers were there that we'd seen in the past. No, I would I would agree with that to a point. Because used equipment reflects that, but what's on the marketplace would right. reflect that. Given given the numbers and where the market is at on what I would call mid frame sprayers, I would say there might be a a small flush of those hit the auction market Marchish, maybe or late March, early April, about a, you know a month or so out. I could see that, but. There, there won't be a a big dump of them or anything no. like that. No, it's not not that made to dump. So that's the other side of it too. So it'll be that'll be interesting to watch to see how that plays out because again, some of the stuff too on the dealer side and on the main on the uh, owner side is it's interesting. It's going to be a, it's a real deal, right? Right. And whether the dealer's paying eight percent or the end user's paying eight percent, it's there. It's there. Somebody is. Somebody's paying that money. So. Um, that'll be another thing that'd be interesting to watch too, is that maybe some of these auction cycles that we see, like we saw this year, uh, or not this year, 23 start way earlier than, than anticipated. Yeah. The number of auctions that we saw last year that were big, like should have been like a September, October, November sale. Right. June, July, you know what I mean? Like yep. huge, massive diesel liquidations. And we might see more of that, um, you know, this year start earlier than what we thought. That that could very well be. Well, and that's because everything, as far as your machine population on the lot, everything's off. Right. Yep. Off a few months because still from the initial delay. So mm-hmm. that 
put your your off schedule. Yep. So there's a little bit of take a breath, right, and process it because you're because you're off schedule. Things aren't clicking along like normal, mm-hmm. so you got to wait just a minute, which is hard to do with eight percent interest right. and the price of machinery. Right. So you wait a minute and kind of dissect what's going on and then react or you just panic and dump. Right. So, and when that happens, when that, when the, Hey, we're just going to, we're going to thin things out. Everything, everything is on the, on the block at that point. You know what right. I mean? They're looking at dollars, cash positions, blah, 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 blah. All those things that come into play. And next thing you know, things that have been there for two weeks are now going to the auction block. Correct. So, Okay. Probably a good place to stop, Aaron. Um, folks want to reach out to you. What's the best way to do that? Uh, probably the easiest way. Shoot me a text, 308-760-1193. Um, shoot me a text at uh, 308-225-3305. You can get a hold of me there. Uh, you can call me, too. I'd love to talk to people as well. Um, you can send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast, movingironpodcast.com. You can do that there. And uh, you can also hit me up on the socials. Where are you at on socials? Uh, at Aaron Fintel on Twitter and by my name on Facebook as well. You can find me. Nothing on, clever here. <laughs> you find me on Facebook, Twitter, <coughs> Instagram, Moving Iron LLC. Uh, you go to my website, movingironllc.com, and you can check me out on, uh, I think I'm on Snapchat and TikTok now. Nice. If, I, if I remember right, you know, I'm all over the place. Check me out there. Uh, if you got any questions for me and Aaron when we're doing this, man, hit us up. We'll be happy to answer those questions. And uh, we will give our best two cents of what we see happen out in the marketplace. That brings us to an end of this edition of the podcast. You can find more information about this topic and other machinery reports at agriculture.com. So for successful farming, I'm Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell.